the real question we need to be asking is, what is God asking me to do? And do mm-hmm. I trust him Amen. to enough to follow him in that? Maybe he is asking you to take this young woman out for coffee yep. and gently draw her out in conversation. Yeah, you might be nervous. You might not be totally sure what questions to ask or even if you're taking her in the right direction. But is it what God's calling you to do? And are you willing? And are you willing to trust the Holy Spirit to guide you? Today on the podcast, we welcome Laurel Eccles. Laurel has been on staff at the Vine Church for about four years now. And she's been a huge blessing to our church. She has a master's degree in biblical counseling from Southern Seminary. And today we're going to talk about what biblical counseling is, what it is, what it isn't, how it functions in the life of the local church. It's a great conversation. We hope you enjoy it. So tell us uh, maybe a little bit about your family, what you were doing before. Uh, before I moved to Madison? Yeah. Tell us about that. Yes. So I've been married for 21 years to my husband, Justin, and we've got two kids, Hannah and Asher, who were 19 and 20, both university students. And before we moved to Madison, we lived for 13 years in Turkey, serving as missionaries there. So what city were you in? We were in Istanbul, Turkey. Okay. And can we talk about that? Sure. <laughs> like or what what I mean I'm curious. We talked to uh Ruby yesterday about nation stuff and um sure. like maybe just get a quick overview of like how like living for 13 years in Istanbul is a big deal. Um how did you guys come to that? desire or uh, conclusion that you wanted to, hey, we're going to pack up and move and have kids over there? Right. Well, that started, gosh, a long time ago, probably in 2001, 2002. Um, My husband and I just started praying about what was next in our life. We had um, one kid, a second kid on the way. We had a little house. We had a great church and a ministry we were involved in there that centered around the arts. Um, And um, just started praying about what was next. What did the Lord have for us? Did he just want us to stay in the Midwest and continue on doing what we were doing? Or did he have something more for this for us? And what was that? And so it was a process of prayer and investigation of different organizations and things that we could possibly do overseas. And it was about a two-year process, and it was largely a result of a lot of prayer. Yeah. So you guys left when you were how old? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> do the math. <laughs> uh, 27. Okay. So you'd been out of college for a few years. Yep. And... um and we're moving to Istanbul yep. to serve God among the nations. Yes. Well, I think that sounds like a um, future podcast episode. Yes, I do with too. With you and Justin, that sounds great. So why don't you um, share, since this is the Vine Church podcast, just share, like, what exactly do you do here? That's a really good question, Zach. <laughs> you do a lot. <laughs> I do a lot. Um, well, I think my favorite thing that I do for the Vine is... Uh, 
work with women and some men, but do a lot of biblical counseling um, with men and women in the in our church and in other churches as part of the Madison Multiply Network. Yes. But I also do a lot of admin. Um, I clean up your messes. <laughs> I. <laughs> um. So you do a lot of biblical counseling. I do. And that's something that we wanted to really seek to understand more um, because, man, I've seen the the blessing of that mm-hmm. in my life. You've seen that in your life. And we've seen that um, a way of engaging with people for the sake of their discipleship really be a blessing to many others, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe you could just, uh, where did you first hear about like biblical counseling and, and why did that like draw you? Why were you interested in that? So in 2005, my husband was getting his seminary degree and one of the classes he had to take was an intro to biblical counseling. Okay. And it was taught by Stuart Scott and he got about two lectures in, we were overseas at the time, so everything was online. And um, he got about two lectures in and paused it and said, Laurel, you've got to come and listen to this. He knew that I was really struggling with some anxiety and, um, um, so he invited me to listen to the lectures with him. I listened to all of them and we read all the books together and it radically changed my life. Hmm. Um, part of the course was a self-counseling project where you have to get feedback from people who know you really well and they identify an issue they want you to work on. Wow. And so my, I mean, I knew what it was going to be and my husband was very quick to be like, yep, it's anxiety. And, but likewise, I got to point out something in him that he had to work on for yeah. eight weeks. Um, and so I walked myself through the self-counseling project, and it changed It changed my life. It changed the way I understood the gospel and understood how the scriptures uh, intersected with our daily life and how to live in response to the gospel. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if there's a good answer to this, but like, could you paint more of a picture of like how exactly it did change your life? Yeah. I was sort of operating under the assumption that my anxiety and subsequent depression as a re- depression as a result of giving into anxiety over and over again was somehow outside of the bounds of what scripture talked about that it was somehow outside the bounds of the gospel like the gospel was good for my salvation and knowledge of the bible and good theology was important but maybe depression and anxiety landed outside of the realm of what the lord was able to actually help me with yeah amazing so like I know there's the Bible speaks to a lot of issues in life, but it just wasn't this. And I'm just kind of on my own. Yeah, that's how I felt. Yeah. Wow. And I tried a lot of pop psychology. I tried, you know, just searching online and yeah. So why do you feel, um, I mean, I think it's kind of obvious, but maybe there's some more nuance here. Uh, just why are you feeling drawn to this for the sake of other people? Why do I feel drawn to biblical counseling? Yeah. Biblical counseling is essentially like intense discipleship for a short season of time with people who are walking through particular areas of suffering and or sin. And sometimes those intersect. Um, and I feel drawn to it because I love the Lord and I love his word and I love helping other people understand what the Bible says and helping people understand in their own grow in their understanding of the gospel and how it intersects with their daily life, that it isn't just for going to church or just for good moral behavior, but that it has impact on our very heart and soul. Mm-hmm. It sounds like 
what's implied here is that someone who's leading someone in that would have to know their Bible. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you, um, I mean, because I know I feel as a pastor, like I can never know the scripture enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is there sometimes a sense of inadequacy that can, and how do you deal with that? If, if, if that's the case, mm-hmm. like I know there is for me, um, what would you say to those who are like, well, I can never do biblical counseling. I can never help someone in that way because I just, you know, I don't really know my Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, knowing the scripture is very, very important. Um, we all give counsel. It's just what kind of counsel are you going to give? And we do it every day. We we talk to our friends, we talk to our neighbors, and everybody gives advice. And so it's right. what kind of advice do you give? And so, yeah, scripture being the foundation is, I mean, it is the foundation. And so I feel inadequate. I feel inadequate every day, but it's what drives me back to the word. It's what teaches me to rely on the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says that he is our guide. He's our teacher. He's our, the, the one who helps us remember things. And so I, I know that if I'm faithful to daily read and study the word of God and meditate on it, that I can rely on the Holy Spirit then in times of counseling to have, to have him help me remember what is true and what the Bible does say. Right. Yeah, that's really good. So can you paint a picture of just like what does, um, you know, a process of biblical counseling actually look like? So let's say I come to you and I'm like, man, I just, I feel like um, I have an anger problem or I have a uh, depression or anxiety problem or I have mm-hmm. a... Um, you know, there's, you know, there's so many issues, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. what, what do you, what do you, what's the first step? Uh, the first step is uh, we have some intake forms that we use at the Vine. Um, sometimes I use them, sometimes I don't. It just depends. Like I try and have that initial conversation like, hey, are you just wanting to sit down uh, one time and just kind of work through a couple things or do you want to engage in a longer process? And if they want to engage in a longer process, I do have intake forms. And then we spend about two or three sessions where I'm just gathering data, where I'm asking a lot of questions. Um, and underst- we all speak English, but it's understanding what they mean when they use words. When somebody mm-hmm. says, I feel overwhelmed, I can't assume that that means the same thing as when I say I'm overwhelmed. And so it's learning to ask questions like you said, you feel overwhelmed. Can you tell me what that means? Mm-hmm. What does that look like in your life? And so it's two or three sessions of intense data gathering to understand the full picture of that person's world and what's going on. Um, And then we move into sort of the instruction phase of it. My goal in counseling isn't to create people who are dependent on me, but to minister to them for a period of time and give them a set of skills and um, strategies so that they can leave counseling and be able to implement those strategies and skills and give themselves good godly and wise counsel so a lot of it is how to study your bible how to draw implications from the truth of god's word and what it means to cultivate a deep prayer life yeah so a lot of listening yes a lot of listening yeah a lot of asking questions a lot of prayer yeah amen so how like I think the the term counseling as we've talked about is kind of a loaded mm-hmm. term. Mm-hmm. Um and certain people think like well counseling is just for like the weirdos or the people that are really messed up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like me. Uh but like how do you help someone 
know like yeah i think you would really benefit from like how, how do you know when it's when it, like let's say it's me or you that man I, I think i need to sit down with someone in a more structured way or i don't or like how do you help people discern when it's time to like pursue a structure of biblical counseling <laughs> i'm not sure i understand the question so um I'm, I'm making a statement and I'm asking a question. Mm-hmm. My statement mm-hmm. is, and we should talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, counseling gets a bad rap, you know, uh, not a bad rap, but like counseling can be a loaded term. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think you've already started to help us understand what this picture is. It's not necessarily, you know, what you see in the movies of someone laying on the couch mm-hmm. and the calm dude with, you know, with the like sweater vest and his, and his, you know, legal pad is taking notes and asking very calm. It's not necessarily that. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not that, what does it look like? Um, I do use a legal pad <laughs> <laughs> and I do ask a lot of questions. Right. Um, um, so it isn't just talk therapy. It isn't just self-exploration, mm-hmm. which is a lot of what modern secular counseling is. It is, I ask questions to gain understanding and help discern does this person need some encouragement? Yeah. Does this person need some correction or like a rebuke? Or does this person just need some education? Do they really not understand? And so we open the word of God together. And so the first two or three sessions is me gathering data. And then from there, we open the word together and we investigate together what the word of God says about what they're walking through. And along with that, we um, we talk about a holistic strategy, like we talk about um, your physical health. Yeah. Um, what are you taking in? What is the what are the main influences influencers in your life? I was talking to a young woman recently who's struggling with body image, and on investigation of her life and what was going on, it turns out she was spending three to four hours a night watching shows that focus on the human body and female form and so she's getting a ton of uh influence that way and it's affecting how she's viewing herself and her priorities and so we do a holistic view where we look at their physical health their uh emotional health what are they intaking are they exercising what is their diet have they been to the doctor um, that's one of the questions we have, and I often send people to get a full physical. Yeah. And we talk about medications that they're on. Are some of the things that they're experiencing the result of side effects of their medication? Have they talked to their doctor about that? Right. Um, so. Yeah, I th- that's really helpful. Um, it's really good to paint that picture. I think the the other question I was trying to get at is, if I'm sitting in our church and I'm mm-hmm. wondering, well, yeah, I mean, I've got issues. We've mm-hmm. all got issues. Mm-hmm. But when is it time when I need to pursue uh, a regular appointment with Laurel or somebody like Laurel? Mm-hmm. Like, how would you help someone discern mm-hmm. that? I would say you've got nothing to lose. Amen. You've got nothing to lose. And it is very biblical for older women to pour into younger women and older men to pour into younger men. Right. And we, like I said, we all need counsel every day. We, we work through things on our own, give ourselves counsel, give each other counsel. You've got nothing to lose if you're, if you even just have a few questions and just want to sit down once or twice and just understand. And I've done that before. Women just come in and they just say, I just want you to poke around because I know there's stuff in here right. and just help me understand it. And then I'm going to take it and run with it and check yep. back with you. And so I do a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing that, that, you know, Kim and I would say about marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, Kim and I 
are feeling like, you know, we're not perfect, but we're right. doing, we're, I mean, there's nothing glaring that we're like, there's yeah. this habitual issue that we can't get over. And like, we're just in the weeds with something. Mm-hmm. Um, you should but, have those regular marriage checkups. It should exactly. just be a part of your Exactly. And, and if we were to sit down with, with somebody for eight weeks in a row, mm-hmm. even though there's not some glaring issue, there's no doubt that that would be a blessing to our marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like going to the dentist. Yep. Or or whatever. Um, there might not be any problems, but it's regular maintenance. Mm-hmm. I do it. Yeah. I have an older woman who sort of mentors me, and we get we get lunch together every, probably once a quarter. Right. And I just kind of let her dig around a little bit and encourage me. And I need that reorientation because we all kind of get these blinders on, or we just need to hear truth in different words mm-hmm. that sort of open it up and broaden it a little bit in how we understand it. My understanding is is. Biblical counseling is is basically walking with someone mm-hmm. with you know Bible open mm-hmm. and helping them work through whatever they're struggling with. Yep. Um, for the sake of their joy and God's glory, and it just sounds like normal Christianity to me. Yes. Like we're called to correct, rebuke, and encourage. Yes. With um, yeah. Yeah. And that the Word of God is you know Second Timothy three sixteen sufficient. Mm-hmm. Um. To deal, Second uh, Timothy three sixteen, all scriptures inspired by God and profitable for teaching, correction, reproof, training in righteousness. Yes. So God's word is sufficient to help me be who He's calling me to be. Yes. Um, and that's a fundamental assumption, right? Yes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, so I've heard, and I don't know, I don't run in these circles as closely as you do, but like I've heard that, um. You know, bib, the the term biblical counseling can get a bad rap sometimes. Mm-hmm. Are there common like misconceptions about biblical counseling that it would be good to just mm-hmm. talk about? Yeah, I mean, some of the common misconceptions are that it's overly simplistic, that it's um, only dealing with areas of sin, and that it's sort of like we just slap you with a Bible verse and send you on your way. Those are some of the more common ones. Yeah, so simplistic in the sense of, oh, you're struggling with anger? Well, the Bible says don't be angry. All right, see you next week. Right. Yep. Yep. It's not that. No. I mean, at some point, we do bring out the Word of God. Absolutely. (laughs) But you want to understand the full picture. Right. And it's a process. It's a process of walking with people in a winsome way. Because that sounds harsh, what I just articulated. Yes, it sounds harsh. And while it might be true, (laughs) um, you want to shepherd people well. Yes. Yeah. It might be true that this person needs to know what the Bible says mm-hmm. about their anger, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the process mm-hmm. that we use to get there yes. might look winding a winding road yes. of, of whatever someone's dealing with and the questions yep. we have, da, 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 right? Yep, absolutely. Any other like misconceptions about biblical counseling that you feel like that you've we heard? D- yeah, yeah, that we don't take into consideration the biological factor. Gotcha. Which just isn't. I mean, my experience with the training I've had and the counselors I've worked with and my peers, that that just hasn't been the case. I'm not saying that it, um, just like there's great preaching and healthy churches, there are Mm -hmm. unhealthy churches and terrible preaching. And so it's possible that there are people who've been trained in biblical counseling who don't um, do it well. Yep. Um, But 
the truth is, is that every biblical counselor I've worked with or been trained under, we do take into consideration the biological factor, and we do work with physicians. In fact, we have a physician that we use here at the Vine who's a believer, and he knows our heart for biblical counseling, and we work in close partnership with him. Yeah. So can you give an example of like how those interact where, you know, I'm opening the scripture, but also I'm lean, like, why would we want to lean on a medical professional as well? Like, can you think of a scenario like that? Um, well, we are biological beings. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. And so sometimes things are going on, going on that are wrong in our bodies. And that was part of my case. Yes. Um, yeah. The, the counselor I saw when we lived overseas was like, it sounds like there's some physical things going on too. You need right. to go to your doctor. And three surgeries later, Amen. realized there was a biological factor going on. And it was affecting your It was affecting my whole body. You, yes. My emotions. Spiritually. Mm-hmm. Everything. So we're holistic beings. Mm-hmm. We are holistic beings. Yeah. It's amazing yeah. how when I have a series of great workouts, mm-hmm. that can affect my theology. Yes. Like the lies I can, or if I'm lacking... Um, if I'm experiencing lack of sleep, mm-hmm. I can just be much more susceptible to believing lies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know exactly where the overlap is between mm-hmm. where biology and spirituality cross mm-hmm. and don't cross. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's experientially is true mm-hmm. that I feel weaker mm-hmm. when spiritually, emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm not eating, sleeping, exercising. Yep. Or, Amen. You know. So it makes sense that we would have a holistic approach. Yeah, there's a reason why sleep deprivation is one of the most effective forms of torture. Yeah. It just messes with you. Right. And so sometimes when I work with young moms who have newborns and they're like all, they're really struggling, we talk about sleep and like, hey, yeah, you've got a newborn. I'm not surprised. You're struggling. Um, Right. But let me encourage you. Right. Right. Like. Amen. Yeah, we would never say it's all biological. No. Mm -mm. And the word of God always um, comes to bear on any situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the tricky thing with all of this is when you get into the nuances mm-hmm. of of trying to help someone, it can be very complicated, right? Yes, it can be very complicated. Yep. And so um, there just has to, I think, where you and I have seen things get really challenging is when there's a simplistic approach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's true? Yeah, I would say that that's very true. Yeah. And I think oftentimes that can be um, connected to just impatience mm-hmm. in people's sanctification. Yeah, yeah. As theologians, as people who love the word and study the word for a profession, and as people who work a lot, we're in the business of people. We, we are professional shepherders. And so we can see people's issues very quickly and very clearly. Um, but that doesn't mean we need to go there very quickly. Right. And we can often hurt people if we're not careful, if we don't bring them along through the process carefully. And each person's different. And prayer praise plays a huge role in that mm-hmm. of not thinking, oh, there's a set formula. Everybody, if they just would go through this, they would be fine. Like each person is different. Yep. So if someone comes to you and they say, hey, I'm really struggling with whatever issue, um, maybe uh, an eating disorder or someone who's um, just, man, they they can't sleep at night because of anxiety. I mean, these would be classic ones. Mm-hmm. Is there a way that you go about preparation for walking with someone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, a lot of prayer, a lot of 
um, reading of scripture. Um, when we got ready to go overseas, um, Jerry Rankin was the president of the organization we served with. And one of the things he said in our training, and I'll never forget it, he said, I never go into the office without having spent time in the Word and spent time praying. He said, I don't dare go into the office because I am a leader and I'm an influencer. And if I'm not first going before my leader and my influencer, mm-hmm. I have no no business trying to lead and mentor mm-hmm. and disciple others. And so... I make that a rule, like before I meet with anybody, is spending time in the Word and spending time in prayer, and then trying to enter their world. David Pollison once said before he met with anybody, he would, and I'm not sure this was always true, but he talked about a practice of sitting in the seat they would actually sit in in the counseling room. Wow. And taking it in, um, sitting down and trying to understand what it's like to be the counselee and where they might be coming from emotionally and physically and I'm trying to really enter their world and then understand their need and then how to bring Christ into the picture. And so I've adopted both of those things as part of my practice um, of trying to enter their world. I sit in that seat in the couch a lot of times, not every time, and just try and remember who this person is, remember what they're walking through, and ask for help from the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. to know what truth they might need to hear, what word of encouragement and what or what word of correction they might need to hear. That's really good. Really good. I still I still think um about that issue of like knowing your Bible mm-hmm. and someone mm-hmm. I anticipate someone saying, like, I want to disciple mm-hmm. people in this way. Mm-hmm. I want to help people in this way, but I've only been a Christian for three years. Like mm-hmm. uh, can I still serve somehow? Like how how would you help that person? Um Yes, if you have a desire to know God's Word and know how to study God's Word, and learning how to study God's Word is a skill anybody can develop, and I and I love it. I love teaching women. That's like the last third of counseling is like teaching women how to read and study and know their Bible, mm-hmm. and remembering that it's not about them. Like they might... They're not going to perfectly deliver a word of truth, but learning to investigate what the word of God has to say and depend on the Holy Spirit for that. And um, yeah, if you have a love for the Lord and a humble, teachable spirit, and we're all called, you are someday going to, you are, you are already an older woman over somebody else. You already are an older man over somebody else. Yeah. And um, we're all influencers and we're all ministers of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think about for me like, um, like my job description is predicated on using the Bible mm-hmm. to help people mm-hmm. um, grow spiritually and mm-hmm. to, um, you know, God's mm-hmm. will for our life is that we be conformed to the image of His Son, mm-hmm. and um, that's what I'm ultimately called to do and try to facilitate that uh, in mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. and with other people in this church. Mm-hmm. We're all called to be theologians. Amen. We are all, and so we need to have good theology, whether you are a stay-at-home mom or working professional or a pastor. Right. We all have to have good theology. Yeah, and everyone's a theologian, whether yep. they give themselves that label or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can say there is no God, and that's a theological claim. Mm-hmm. Um, you're being a theologian at that point. Mm-hmm. And so the question is not if you're a theologian, the question is what, what kind? kind, yeah, are you a bad one or are you a good one or whatever. But for me, it's it's like, I, I don't feel adequate mm-hmm. to handle the word in terms of like, compared to many other people I know that, 
you know, might have whole books of the Bible memorized or whatever. But at a certain point, the fact that you haven't, quote, arrived mm-hmm. um, can't slow you down from serving or, right. or wanting to help other people. Um, I think as long as there's a humble attitude, mm-hmm. God can use that no matter what. Even if you're a brand new Christian mm-hmm. and the only Bible verse you know is John 3.16, mm-hmm. I mean, there's probably a way to do biblical counseling with that. Yep, absolutely. We're called as believers to be faithful and obedient Yeah, and trust Him Yeah, to equip us. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, that person might not sit down with someone for eight sessions. Right, right. <laughs> but... Um, there's, there's, I think I fear as a theme in, um, in our church and in a lot of conversations I've had that, that on the one hand, there could be people that are way overconfident and they need to like be humbled and slow mm-hmm. down. But I don't think that's most people. I think most people are, 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 um, just struggle with a sense of inadequacy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I could never mm-hmm. disciple someone. Mm-hmm. I could never be a biblical counselor for someone. I could never open my Bible and walk with somebody. Well, maybe. But maybe not. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't we uh, explore that some more and just figure out, you know, and here, here's an example where we could do biblical counseling with someone. Like, you, mm-hmm. there's a persistent sense of inadequacy mm-hmm. that they can't get over. Yeah. What does the Bible say about that? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just really have a strong desire that our people would um, be humble. Yeah. But not... Um, having a sense of inadequacy slow them down. Yeah, I think a sense of inadequacy is a very, I'm just going to go out on a limb here, mm-hmm. can be a very self-focused thing. Like, I'm so concerned about myself. And the real question we need to be asking is, what is God asking me to do? And do mm-hmm. I trust him Amen. To enough to follow him in that? Maybe he is asking you to take this young woman out for coffee yep. and gently draw her out in conversation yeah, you might be nervous. You might not be totally sure what questions to ask or even if you're taking her in the right direction. But is it what God's calling you to do? And are you willing? And are you willing to trust the Holy Spirit to guide you? And have you done your due diligence? Have Are you growing in your own walk with the Lord? I counsel most frequently, not always, but most frequently out of what I am studying and reading myself. Amen. Because it's what I'm meditating on. It's what it's what's in my heart and on my heart. And I can go right there because I'm, I've been in the book of Ephesians or Second Chronicles. And if what the Bible says is true, that all of Scripture is useful and beneficial and is true and accurate, then wherever, if are you meditating on the Word of God? Are you reading it with a sense of curiosity and right. not a checklist? Are you right. asking good questions of the text? Um, and then trusting the Lord that he's going to use that not only in your life, but in the life of those he has called you to be in. Amen. And isn't it so like obvious biblically that mm-hmm. typically the only people that God uses are people that struggle with a sense of inadequacy? Yes. Because if they didn't struggle with a sense of inadequacy, that usually means pride. Yep. And God's like, nope, I'm not, I'm going to oppose the proud, yep. but I'm going to give grace to those that are humble or feel mm-hmm. inadequate. I mean, it sounds like a beatitude, like mm-hmm. blessed are those who feel inadequate because they will mm-hmm. be empowered by the spirit because then it will be God's glory and not their own. If they take their inadequacy before the cross. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And so it's like Moses, I'm inadequate. Yep. I can't go talk to Pharaoh, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but you know, he obeyed. That's right. That's right. But you know, ultimately he said after some struggle, right? Yes. Yes. Um, he said, I'm willing. Yes. You know, I don't know what I'm getting into, but yes. I'm willing. Yes. 
Um, and he didn't know what he was getting getting into. No. And so it might be the same with someone who's like, I could never do biblical counseling. That sounds so formal or so mm-hmm. like I need to have a master's degree like Laurel. Mm-hmm. And but maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean we shouldn't have training. Mm-hmm. There is great benefit in training and learning from those who have done it for years. I mean, Amen. it's very biblical to learn under those who right. have gone before you and are. So we're not saying be reckless. Right. Get your training. Get your training. But don't disqualify yourself. Right. Without at least giving, maybe understanding more. Yeah. And being willing. Yes. That's good. So do you have any um, advice or not, maybe not advice, but just a, a, a Counsel? dream? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give us some counsel, Laurel, um, about how this could look. Like, what's ideal for how this looks at a local church, the Vine, but maybe mm-hmm. you know other local churches that you know were like, man, they're they are doing biblical counseling in a way that's amazing, and you know, how could we grow in this area? Or you know, what I'm saying, are there dreams, vi- <laughs> dreams and visions? Maybe there are mm-hmm. uh, about what you see for how biblical counseling can be a blessing at the local church. Yeah, like I said before, like we all give counsel. It's just what kind of counsel do we give? And so my desire in my heart is that we would all be strong biblical counselors, that we would all be giving counsel and care for one another that is solidly rooted in the gospel and Mm -hmm. what Jesus says. And that just comes through time. It can come through some formal training. It can come through training centers. It can come through stuff that we could provide. My heart would be that all of our small group leaders would have a a vision for an understanding of sort of the basic principles of biblical counseling and how to read and study the Word of God, how to ask good questions, how to understand what the Bible says about different topics and how it um, applies to our lives. So it would be that, you know, maybe because I have a little bit more training right now, it would be me training other people and then them modeling and training their city group. And so we're just a community of wise people who know how to correctly handle the word of truth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that vision. Um, so, cause I feel like what you just articulated was taking it out of the realm of the formal academic, which mm-hmm. sounds for many people just overwhelming mm-hmm. and no, this is normal mm-hmm. to want to open your Bible to help people. Mm-hmm. It should be, I should be able to go to somebody in my city group and say, I am really struggling today. And they should be able to say, well, let me, I might not know exactly where to go in the Bible, but I do know that we're called to be people of prayer. So can I pray with you? And we'll bring this together before the one who, who does, right? who can help right. you ultimately. Right. So ultimately what you're saying is you can't be the bottleneck for biblical no, counseling. I can't be. And I don't want to be. Right. My goal is not to create people who are dependent on me. My goal is to create people who know how to read and study the word of God and apply it Amen. to their life. Amen. Sounds a lot like my job too. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to let me preach? No. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. I, that's a different podcast topic. Um, <laughs> how does complementarianism yeah. work in the vine? Yeah. We could talk about that at some point. I can tell you're nervous. <laughs> I'm not nervous. I'm just like um, wanting to have a, um, appropriate nuance when we get into that discussion. Maybe we will. It's a good topic. Laurel, you're so provocative. Um, so, yeah. Anything else along the lines of biblical counseling that you want to talk about or you think would be helpful for people to know? Um, oh, gosh. Um, 
okay if there's not? I mean, there's a lot I'm trying to think. Yeah. Um, just that we are all called to be theologians. We are all called to have thoughts and convictions about who God is. And the right place to go, the best place to go is the Word of God. And just a call and an encouragement to people to don't be afraid to dig in and ask questions and admit like, hey, I don't even really know how to study my Bible. I know how to read it. I know how to read through the Bible in a year. Um, But I don't know how to understand what the original context was or how to find the gospel in it or how to draw correct implications for today. Like just encourage people to take advantage of the resources that are out there, to not be afraid to ask questions, but nothing replaces a growing and dynamic relationship with God through the study of his word, which is how the primary way we hear from God, but also cultivating a deep prayer life with the Lord because it is a relationship. Mm -hmm. It is a relationship. And that's how we talk to God and learning and learning how to pray. What does the Bible say about prayer and um, developing that deep relationship with the Lord. Yeah, that's really good. I, I think of um, sometimes it helps me to understand the picture we're shooting for by considering mm-hmm. the opposite. Mm-hmm. The opposite would be, you know, for for a Christian church, the opposite would be nobody really pays attention to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And so when we counsel each other, it's mm-hmm. just like, well, here's what I think, mm-hmm. and here's what you think. Mm-hmm. All right, see you next week or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, it doesn't really matter what I think. Mm-mm. You know, because I'm going to die, but the Bible says the word of the Lord stands forever, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's what God thinks is what's most important. Yes. So that's not somehow saturated. Again, that can sound like robotic and we're not Mm -hmm. saying that at all. Like Mm -hmm. you come to me with your problem and I say, well, the Bible says this. All right, stop crying. Mm -hmm. See you next week or whatever. Mm -hmm. It is not that at all, but it's, but we are Mm -hmm. saturated with Mm -hmm. biblical thinking. Mm Mm-hmm. And there that's going to come out my mouth. Yeah, there's a way to suffer well. The Bible sp- talks about suffering. There are things we walk through that aren't our fault and aren't a result of sin. Mm-hmm. And there's a biblical way to walk through that. And sometimes we're called to just walk with people. We're called to weep with those who weep and mourn yeah. with those who mourn. You just walk with them and allow them to be sad. Mm-hmm. And you're faithful to be with them and pray with them and pray over them through that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But just that whole idea of... Um, we want to be a community that is heading in the direction mm-hmm. of um, having our minds and hearts saturated with God's word. Mm-hmm. And so, like like Spurgeon said, you prick me, I bleed Bible. Mm-hmm. And um, so, like, and in some ways, it's in the background of all of my thinking. So mm-hmm. you, it's hard for me to even turn that off mm-hmm. in terms of I want to have a biblical worldview, and that's going to interact how we interact and talk about an issue, or how you mm-hmm. and your daughter interact on an issue, or how me and my city group interact on a, on an issue. Um, it's just in the background, mm-hmm. and then it's and then th- then when we go into maybe a more formal setting mm-hmm. of we're sitting down over coffee and talking about whatever. Um, that's going to automatically be present. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that, that sounds like a beautiful vision mm-hmm. and we've seen it mm-hmm. like in the last four years where we've d- been trying to do this more formally. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah. Something that just happened this week that I'm super excited about is somebody that I've been working with for on and off for the past three years. She just bought her first systematic theology book. Oh, cool. And she let me know, and she's so excited to dig into it. She said, here's a book 
that um, goes into depth with all these different topics about who God is that I've had these questions for a long time rummaging around in my head and I want even though this is intimidating for me this is someone who doesn't even have a, a, a higher education sure um, she's a little bit intimidated but she's super excited yes um, to read through systematic theology yes. and grow in her faith yes that's beautiful that's yeah. beautiful Thanks for joining us today on the Vine Church Podcast. It's been great to have you along with us. If you haven't yet subscribed, we encourage you to do so. And stay tuned for many more engaging Vine conversations in the coming weeks. Mm -hmm.